Hi, I'm Mark Brody, and this is the Friday Newscap Podcast. Each week, we review the biggest stories with experts, reporters, and commentators to put the news in perspective. Here's this week's episode. Certification is not an optional act for boards of supervisors. It is our statutory duty to complete this part of the election process. Any registered voter in Arizona who would like to formally contest official results must do so within five days after the county and the state canvasses. We're worried about our voices being stolen and never getting a fair election again. That's what we're worried about. So a curse upon you, a curse upon all of you, you smug, smug people. We're in a situation where because the actions of the board were contrary to Arizona law, our office will be providing rec- representation. The court is ordering the, and directing the Board of Supervisors to convene today's date at 3.30 p.m. to hold a meeting of the Board of Supervisors and to canvas the election. We have an obligation to see that our elections are, are fair and good and that judgments are made to keep the process rolling. And we did have a judgment today and I am, I am a rule of law person. We have the votes. All we need is the governor, is for Governor Ducey to follow through on the promise he made. And with me to talk about the decision of whether to canvass the election or not, a judge getting involved in one Arizona county and more, are Doug Cole of High Ground. Hey, Doug. Good morning, Mark. And former congressional staffer Roy Herrera. Roy, good morning to you as well. Good morning. Happy Friday. And to you. So, Roy, you are an election lawyer, as you as you point out often with us. This must have been one heck of a week for you. It was um, certainly high drama yesterday uh, down in Cochise. I'm, I'm still a bit mystified on you know, why it took so much effort to get something that is non-discretionary uh, done uh, by the County Board of Supervisors. I mean, essentially, it took a lawsuit filed by the Secretary of State's office and a lawsuit filed by my team uh, to get a court order to you know, make these supervisors do something that they're required to do under the law. But I'm glad they did so we can move on to the statewide canvas and complete this election. So, Roy, I'm curious, in, in terms of these kinds of cases, is it unusual for a judge to basically say you are going to meet at this time on this day and you will be finished by this time? Like, it seemed like there was a lot of specificity in, in his order yesterday. Is that unusual at all or is that fairly typical? Well, all of this is highly unusual. Um, the fact that, you know, this was a mandamus action. So essentially, you know, we went into court asking the judge to order a government official to do an act. Um, and I think that's why it was so specific. Also, of course, you know, they were past the deadline on when they needed to canvas. So I think the plaintiffs were encouraging, you know, that this certification happen as soon as possible. So I think that's why the judge was this specific. But, you know, the fact that we were even in this position uh, where we had a county board that was considering not certifying and missed their own deadline uh, is something that really just hasn't happened in any modern time here in Arizona. Yeah. So, Doug, I'm pretty confident in saying that in the number of years that we've been doing the Friday newscap prior to the last few weeks, we have not once ever mentioned the Cochise County Board of Supervisors. But now suddenly they are national news, like everyone's talking about this. I'm curious what you make of what they did before yesterday and the fact that even yesterday, one of the supervisors just didn't show up to the meeting. Well, uh, I think uh, Cochise County is uh, an international known county now, like Maricopa is, uh, as we work through these election issues. And I, I got a, I, I got calls from reporters from all over the country, from Reuters, and yesterday asking, what's Cochise County doing? 
Uh, you know, this was a non-discretionary act, as Roy pointed out. And I think the judge, uh, McGinley, from Pima County, uh, had had enough. I mean, his tone, uh, as he was reading his ruling, was, was quite stern. And he wanted uh, uh, this election to be put to bed so the state can canvass on Monday. Well, I'm curious what you make of what uh, Peggy Judd, one of the Republican supervisors in Cochise County, said. We heard at the very top of the show where she basically said, I have no I have no regrets for what I did. This was an important thing we did. And she didn't say I would do it again if given the choice, but basically saying I, I, I would I don't regret what I did. Doug, is that surprising to you, given how this all played out? Well, you got to got to realize Cochise County is a very, very red county. And these 47,000 votes, the, the overwhelming majority were Republican votes. And so what was at risk here was, was not having 47,000 votes that were mainly Republican. And that could have affected many races, such as, such as the attorney general's race, as the, uh, the congressional race there in CD, in CD6, and also uh, the superintendent's race. Um, I, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, there were a couple of counties across Arizona that were that were trying to make a statement against Maricopa County uh, and in, uh, you know, the, the situations here. So I think, uh, as Supervisor Judd uh, reportedly said to The New York Times, that, that this was a pretext uh, to the Maricopa County situation. Right. Well, and Roy, that came up uh, in, in the hearing yesterday. I am certainly not a lawyer, nor do I play one on the radio, but it, that did not seem like a great moment for the Co- Cochise County Board of Supervisors. No, it wasn't. I mean, one, you know, the, the obvious point is they're complaining about things that happened in Maricopa County, but their job was to certify Cochise County's election. So unless they had some issue with Cochise County, which I don't think they ever really explained or pointed out, I'm not really sure why it was their business anyways. But but it goes back to, I think, and this is a thread, and I think I've actually probably been on with Doug before and we've talked about, you know, since the 2020 election, these, you know, conspiracy theories and kind of election uh, denial uh, ideas that have been floating around um, for, you know, a while now. And, you know, we see that, I think, in some of the suspicions and justifications that the Board of Supervisors made to try to delay this certification, which, again, was not something that they had any discretion to do. And as was pointed out at the top, I mean, to the extent that anyone has a real um, you know, concern about the elections, the appropriate way is to file an election contest. And that doesn't happen until after the statewide canvas. So if that happens, and I anticipate, I mean, just judging from Carrie Lake's social media, that that probably is going to happen. Uh, that's you know, the appropriate way to adjudicate that. Now, of course, from my perspective, I still don't know exactly what would be the justification for an election contest. Uh, but that is the way you would do that, not in a way of where you're essentially denying certification, which you're required to do. Doug, what do you think was the, the, the game plan for the, the county supervisors in, in Cochise, the Republicans? Like, w- how do you think they, they saw this playing out? And did they have sort of an, an end game in mind here, do you think? Well, I, uh, I, I'm at a loss of what the end game would have been because the law is very clear, as Judge McGinley pointed out yesterday. It's a non-discretionary duty. And I think that... Uh, the only end game that I can that I can uh, come up with, Mark, is is that they keep the dialogue going. On there, there were problems, uh, perceived problems that have never been proven with the election. So, does that, Roy? Let, let's assume that Doug is right, and that is sort of the the goal here is to just keep talking about that. How do you like? How would you see that going? And I mean, does does the fact that they ultimately certified does that change anything? Like. 
it seems to me they can still talk about how they were forced to do this. We saw Supervisor Ron Gould in Mojave County say, look, I, I would vote to not do this, but I was told that I'd be charged, arrested with a felony if I didn't. So I had to. Like, does the fact that they certified, does that end the conversation in any way? Well, I, I wish it would, but if we're being realist, realistic here, I don't, I don't think it will. And this is an ongoing concern that I think I'm going to have for all you know future elections that you're going to get, you know, supervisors um, in particular in these you know very very Republican counties that have suspicions about our election system, which you know again are not based on anything, any evidence that I've seen. Uh, but it is a concern uh, because ultimately they have to do that. And, you know, I don't know what the end game would be other than, I suppose, um, violating a court order. Uh, but then it gets back to the point that Doug made, which is, OK, well, then are you essentially going to disenfranchise all of the voters in your county? And then the result of that could actually lead to Republicans losing at the statewide level, which doesn't make any sense to me. But those are the kinds of things I think we may have to face in future election cycles. I hope that is not the case. Um, but just judging from the fact that one uh, the supervisors are essentially saying they're they're doing this against their will, and then you still have supervisors that aren't even showing up uh, for the certification. Uh, it leads me to believe that this is going to be an ongoing issue. Doug, is it too alarmist to say that a situation like this points out to some extent the fragility of the system that had this judge ruled the other way, we could have a totally different outcome? Well, I think that, you know, um, again, and Roy's been uh, front and center and his law firm's been front and center in many of these cases, there have been scores of court cases um, and they've all come out the same. Uh, the, th these challenges to our election system have all failed time and time again. And I think there was a, a real a, a real eye-opening case that, that was ruled on yesterday by, by uh, U.S. Judge John John Tucci in, in the Arizona District Court here, where he sanctioned uh, the lawyers for Carrie Lake and, and Mark Fincham in, in their lawsuit that, that was filed uh, against the voting machines in a, in a hand count. They wanted to, they wanted to get rid of voting machines and hand counts right. and, and, and have hand counts in Maricopa County. And he, it was a blistering 30-page sanction against the lawyers uh, for Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham. And you know, saying, "Look, quit filing these frivolous lawsuits." So it'll be interesting to see what happens next week after the canvas, if if this uh, changes uh, the legal strategy uh, for some of these potential challenges. Well, and Roy, we actually saw this week the Cochise County Board of Supervisors approved hiring an outside counsel, somebody who'd worked with the Cyber Ninjas, and he turned it down. And then they seemingly were struggling to find another lawyer to take their case. Do you get the sense that even on the right, there are lawyers who are maybe reluctant to take on these cases now, maybe in part because of what Doug was just talking about, some of the, the sanctions that could come? Yeah, that's right. I mean, and I would also add the county attorney, you know, before that refused to right. you know, actually defend the, the board of supervisors as they normally would, uh, because this was clearly something that was indefensible. And, and I think that's right. I mean, I think we you know, election lawyers in particular on both the Democratic and Republican side obviously want to keep their bar licenses uh, and don't want to, you know, deal with uh, any kind of complaints being filed or getting sanctioned uh, like those lawyers uh, did yesterday. So I hope, I mean, that that is a, a method of deterrence that would result in, in less of these kind of frivolous things. But we saw even in the end yesterday that they did eventually find uh, a lawyer, uh, that, you know, that took on the case. Um, and so that's my fear is that eventually you'll find somebody that will do it. But I hope that, you know, at least uh, the fear of uh, potential discipline 
will result in, in lawyers not taking the case. Is that a deterrent? And is it a deterrent? The judge also ordered uh, Lake and Fincham to pay for the lawyer's fees for Maricopa County. Are those in the legal world? Are those real deterrents? Absolutely. I mean, these are big deals. Uh, these are things that don't normally happen. I mean, certainly if I was on the other end of something like that, I would be very, it would be a very terrible day for, you know, for me and for yeah. my professional career. So so I think in, in, in professional lawyers, people that, you know, do care about their reputation, I think really care about that on top of the actual fact that you may have to pay a financial penalty or lose your license. Um, I think you have to worry about your reputation. And so it is a big deal. And again, we're in a world where, you know, this kind of stuff didn't happen, you know, even a couple of cycles ago. Uh, but we're in this world where, you know, again, there's this uh, election denialism that is just continuing to, to, you know, infect the system here. Doug, before we go to a break, I want to ask you about a letter that former Attorney General Terry Goddard, a Democrat, and former Maricopa County Attorney Rick Romley, a, a Republican, sent, basically saying that the county supervisors and coaches should face criminal charges. What what did you make of that? And like, did you get the sense there is ever a realistic possibility of that happening? Well, I, I just... It just goes to show how elevated these issues have have, have become when you have uh, the, the former attorney general and the former longtime Maricopa County attorney, Rick Romney, a Democrat and a Republican, saying, you know, this 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 just has to stop. These are non-discretionary duties of the boards and supervisors, and there needs to be there needs to be penalties uh, for it. And Mr. Attorney General, you need to get involved. Um, uh, you know, th- this just continues to play out. My guest this morning, former congressional, staff- congressional staffer Roy Herrera and Doug Cole of High Ground. Guys, let's talk about uh, a county that did uh, canvas its election this week, Maricopa County, but not before a good number of people said some pretty nasty things to them. Roy, I, I hope you didn't watch the whole thing or uh, didn't <laughs> catch catch all of it. I, I just kind of want to get your both of your takes on, on what supervisors heard the second time now that they had uh, open comment, public comment since the election where people hurled some pretty mean things at them. Well, I, I did watch a lot of it. Uh, I'm certainly glad I wasn't in the room uh, physically <laughs> because it, it was, you know, pretty nasty at times. And I think the you know, the, the Board of Supervisors for Maricopa County, uh, as well as the, you know, the rest of the county staff, I, I think really showed a lot of, you know, fortitude and, and courage in, in dealing with that. I mean, allowing for public comment, but still moving forward with, you know, what they are statutorily required to do. Uh, and they did that. And, you know, again, I mean, no election is perfect. I understand that there were, you know, certain issues, um, you know, with this election cycle in Maricopa County, but elections are run by human beings. And as was repeated over and over again by Chairman Gates, you know, there was no, there has been no evidence uh, to show that any voter was disenfranchised as a result of what occurred. So I'm glad they did what they did, but it certainly looked like it was a tough room to be in. Doug, when when people go to a meeting like that and say the kinds of things they say, I wonder if that undercuts the argument somewhat. Because as Roy pointed out, there clearly were some problems with Maricopa County elections. And there are certainly people who have legitimate concerns, people who were probably inconvenienced, if not disenfranchised. But when you have people just go up and call them names and tell them that, you know, they're evil people and things like that, does that... does that do anything for the trying to get to the heart of the actual concerns that people have? Well, first of all, Mark, my hat's off to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. They sat there for four hours and, and, and listened to to so many people come up and personally attack them and insult them, uh, reading, you know, 
waving Bibles around. I mean, the, the board and the supervisors delayed the, the start of the hearing so so that all the people could get through security and get in. They, they, they were very respectful. Chairman Gates ran a wonderful meeting and listened to two hours of, of, of personal attacks on, on the board members themselves and county staff. Uh, it was unprecedented. But, but I think the thing that really, really was telling when, when they went to uh, the, the portion of the meeting uh, where county staff, Scott Jarrett and Ray Valenzuela from the recorder's office to make their presentation on the canvas, uh, the overwhelming majority of the people that testified walked out and didn't listen to the county's explanation. And I thought that was pretty telling that they all they wanted to do was come down and, and scream at the supervisors, but didn't want to listen to what the facts were of, of the election in the campus. More of an airing of grievances than anything else. Exactly. So does that I mean, Doug, you meant you talked about the supervisors sat there. They, they took it. They did what they were required by law to do. What like what do you see going forward for both the the board because there will be another election coming up in two years, and also for you know some of the folks that that filled the chamber and came to the microphone to to yell at them like how how does this go going forward? Well, we have a legislative session that's going to start in uh, in, in a few weeks next month early next month, and you know we have a, a chairman of the Senate. Uh, uh, elections Committee, uh, Senator Wendy Rogers, who's, who's made election denialism a, a, a touchstone issue for her. So I anticipate, unfortunately, that this dialogue is, is when it's not going to go away until the 2024 rolls around. It's going to it's going to start up again and in, in with with a lot of volume uh, in January once the legislature uh, convenes. I guess what will be really interesting, Doug, is to see for the folks who complained about a, a two-minute time limit that the supervisors imposed on them, if they're thrilled when legislative chair people do the same thing at legislative hearings, uh, you know, w- one seems to be okay and one seems not to be. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was quite a few memes going around uh, on Monday on that point. So, Roy, let me ask you about another lawsuit this week. This was filed by uh, Abe Hamaday, the uh, Republican nominee for attorney general, basically asking the court to make him the winner of the race. He, of course, uh, right now is losing to to the Democrat Chris Mays by 510 votes. That will be going to an automatic recount uh, later on this month. Just sort of top line ideas of like what you made of of the suit and, and the judge's decision to basically say, look, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying you can't do it now. Right. I mean, I found the suit to be peculiar, peculiar, I can't even speak today, peculiar, uh, because of when it was uh, filed. I mean, again, it really was an election contest. uh, And, you know, the code, Arizona law says that that gets filed after the statewide canvas. So when it was filed, I was like, this is a little bit strange uh, that this was filed this early. And of course, the judge agreed. with, uh, you know, Chris Mays's, uh team that this is something that, you know, was just too early to be filed. I would anticipate that after uh, the canvas is done, that they're going to refile something like, you know, similar to what they filed before. Uh, but why they did it, you know, before, you know, it was appropriate to me, it was a bit mystifying. Um, you know, I don't know if there's political reasons for that, but it was strange. Uh, but again, after the canvas, as Doug mentioned, you know, next week, 
uh, early next week, we will be in that period of time where you would normally see election contests. And I think we'd see something probably related to the AG's race and probably to the governor's race. And also, of course, we will be going through this recount, uh, right. you know, uh, and, and normally, I mean, I will say in my experience, recounts don't change, you know, the margin of victory very much. I mean, we're typically talking about a dozen votes or so, uh, if that. Um, and so with that 500 vote spread, I would anticipate the recount is just going to confirm that Chris Mays is the winner. All right. So, guys, in the last few minutes here, let's talk about something not specifically related to the election. Uh, Doug, we saw this week a group of state lawmakers, uh, Democrats and Republicans, both House and Senate, calling on the governor to call a special session uh, to deal with what's known as the aggregate expenditure limit, basically allowing school districts to spend the money that they have been allocated above what is uh, currently in state law. Uh, The lawmakers are saying the governor promised to do this as part of the budget package that a number of Democrats supported. uh, do you think he's going to do this? Well, we'll have to see. It doesn't it doesn't appear that way right now. Um, I think you have, as we saw yesterday in the press conferences and uh, in other uh, media reports, that there's a, a lot of uh, hurt feelings in the Democrat in the Democratic caucus. They feel that they were promised by gubernatorial staff that this would happen once it was demonstrated that the votes were there. We had uh, House Speaker Rusty Bauer saying he has the votes. And in a laundry list uh, has been presented in the Senate that the votes are there uh, to do this before this b- b- before the new legislature uh, uh, takes office and, and uh, uh, this governor leaves office. So it doesn't appear so right now, but this is a real crisis for Arizona public schools. Uh, it's over one point two billion dollars in monies that they, the school districts already have in their coffers. But after March 1st, they won't be able to spend. And, and uh, it's it's. Uh, going to cro- cause quite the quite, quite the chaos if it doesn't get done before the new legislature sits, uh, because that's going to be the, the front and center issue in, uh, in a legislature that's going to have over 40 new members. Yeah, Roy, how critical is it for folks who are supportive of doing this that it happen during this legis- uh, during this year before the new legislature is seated? It seems like there's some concern that, abs- you know, in addition to, as Doug said, all those new members who maybe have to get up to speed, that there might not be the will among those members to actually do it. I mean, I it, it is absolutely critical that both this AEL, and I would also add, there's the Prop 400 transportation uh, you know, investment issue that's also sort of hanging over this as far as potential special session goes. It's vital that both of those issues get addressed in special session um, because otherwise we will be dealing with the crisis, particularly in our public uh, education system. And I believe that they are not the votes in this next legislative session with this new caucus uh, or caucuses, I should say, for either one of these uh, issues. And so the time is now because I think the votes are there and it's ultimately up to the governor uh, to get the special session called and get it done. Otherwise, it may never get done. Roy, on the Prop 400 issue, though, the governor, there was a bill in the legislature to to extend that. The governor vetoed it. Do you have reason to believe that he's changed his mind and, and would call lawmakers back to redo that one? Well, probably not. I have hope, uh, right? I'm just, you know, to the, to the extent that I mean, I know that there are members of the business community and others that have been, you know, reaching out uh, to encourage him to do this because, and also from you know, municipalities because it is so important to the region and to the state. Uh, and I would hope that you know, now that he's leaving office, and I don't know what his next you know job will be, but it may not be in politics uh, or as an elected official that he would change his mind on this and say, okay, this is the right thing to do. Because, again, it's something that may not get through the next legislative session. 
Doug, do you agree with Roy's assessment that there wouldn't be the votes in the next legislature to, to do the the expenditure limit? Well, as I previously stated, Mark, there, there's 40-some new members uh, coming into to the, the legislature that will sit, sit in January. Uh, and this is a complicated issue. Um, I, I, I don't know what the vote count would be. I would agree with the assessment. It, it, it would be a lot harder uh, with, the, with the makeup of the new members coming in. Um, but, um, um, you know, we just, I, I think we'll, we will be dealing with this issue uh, uh, after the first of the year. And as we saw earlier this year, Doug, that really kind of holds the rest of the, of, of the business up, especially when you have all those new folks trying to get, get up to speed. Exactly, exactly. And, and the transportation issue, I'd, I'd also agree with, uh, with Roy. But, you know, the governor did lay out what he would need in a, in a bill in his veto message. So maybe if there is a special session and, and they craft a bill that, that addresses those concerns, maybe, maybe he would look kindly upon it. All right. We'll have to see about that. That is Doug Cole of High Ground, former congressional staffer Roy Herrera. Guys, thanks to you both for the conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. You've been listening to the Friday Newscap from KJZZ's The Show. It's an original podcast recapping the week's biggest stories with experts, commentators, and reporters. You can get the full show podcast at podcast.kjzz.org. I'm Mark Brody. Thanks for listening.